All right, this is a sound test, testing the sound just to see how it tastes. Tastes? Synesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get a nice, just, just, you know, put that sound in your mouth, swirl it around a little bit, spit it into a bucket. It's good. Uh, sounds so This sound tastes like purple. <laughs> Oh, um, I don't I don't have that, so um, <laughs> I don't know why my mind went there. Hey everyone! Welcome to Some Nerds Have a Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. I'm Alex. I think I just fucked up our regular routine. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Nah, it's fine. Yeah, you did, white man. (laughs) (laughs) It's my birthday. I get to do what I want. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, it won't be birthday when When this this comes out. It's still my birthday week. It's my birthday. You get a whole week? My birthday observed. No. Did you you have a. Like, never mind. For children? It's like for like divorced mothers in their forties. <laughs> it's my birthday week. <laughs> like they have to do that because they have. I'm sorry. I was going to say something awful and callous, and I just won't. I just won't. I mean, life is just hard right now. I'm I'm just claiming the entire month. You know. Oh my god. It's just every <laughs> well, maybe day. Maybe it's our wedding anniversary month. I know, and also my birthday month. <laughs> so I get I get two presents every day. That's what that what means. The hell? I'm like, get you two presents. <laughs> Is this birthday colonization of a month? Like, what the I hell think is going so. I, I think that's exactly Look, what it is. All I'm saying is that last last year I didn't really do anything big for my birthday because Elise was like swamped with work, and I was like, "Oh, it's fine." Well, well you know, well, you know, once things once, slow down a little slow bit, down, yeah, we're gonna we'll do go so. We'll do it up big for my for our wedding anniversary. And that'll be fun. That'll that'll deal with it. And now I'm just like, nope. <laughs> like now this one is my year f- later. Yeah, one year later. Now that it's like my first my first uh, birthday in quarantine, and I'm like, I didn't really get to do anything super exciting last year. Now I'm just gonna like, no, everything, everything is is my birthday. But didn't you have like your, like 2019? You had your bachelor party on your birthday. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So that was like that was. That was nice. You no, know, that was. That I feel was, like that could like tide you over. That that tied me. That, it tied me over for last year, <laughs> but not this year. But not this year. <laughs> uh, anyway. That was actually the first time I'd had sushi. And oh god, yeah. Oh, oh wow. my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very I just, much. I'm just um, really surprised that nobody had introduced you to sushi before because like you keep kosher and are gluten free. Yeah, it just seems that's like, like the perfect ev- everything. For you. Every sushi yeah, you can just eat, and it'll be fine, <laughs> unless it has well, like shrimp un- on it. Unless it has panko. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Or panko. Yeah, so you yeah. can't get any of like the weird um, ones, but like you know, <laughs> California roll or like spicy tuna. I don't know what's in yeah. what's in those um, artificial crab legs that might not be oh, kosher. No, it's uh, it's Pollock. Oh, there, that's it's right. One hundred percent kosher. It is. Uh, it is it is public. Um, the best kind of fish. How are how are we all uh, coping with uh, the close to one year anniversary of uh, Rona? Oh God! Actually, technically, it's you know started in December of right. Yeah. But, what, but it's almost the, the one United year States. anniversary of our two week shutdown. I was gonna say, is it 
God, what was the day? Oh my God. Okay. March March 13th was the day. Was the day that was, oh my God, you're right. Cause it was Friday the 13th. It was Friday the 13th. And that was the day that it's like, we went into work and they were like, yeah, just no more work. (laughs) You know what? Just no more work. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even no more work. It's we're going to take two weeks off and figure this stuff out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was like, and we'll never see you again. Yeah. Have fun. (laughs) Bye-bye. Goodbye forever. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was. So by the yeah. time we record this again, that will have already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be past it. Man, yeah, we'll be we'll be at the one year. They officially officially at the one year. And then Ashton Kutch, Ashton Kutcher will rain down from the sky and tell us all <laughs> that we were punked. I swear to God, if that happens, I'm just I'm just gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> you know what? It'll be fine. He'll deserve it. It'll for that. Like 100. Just kidding. There was never any virus. Oh my fucking god. Lol. They they seen. have all the millions of you know people that have passed away. Like they bring them out. <laughs> <laughs> like the ending of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They just like all come out of a spaceship. They've just uh. been at a five star resort. <laughs> oh god, that's terrible. Oh, that's the worst. I just. I don't know. It's so it's really interesting because um, apparently mathematicians have have done a lot of what research on this. Math well, isn't real. They they know how long and how many people uh, a conspiracy would have to involve. In oh yeah, yeah, I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like like the faking of the moon landing. Um, if that if it was really faked, we all would have found out like within like three months at like, the most or something months. like that. <laughs> yeah. Like they do all of these models, and so it's like yeah, if like it, like like if COVID, if that was like a fucking COVID, like a hoax, like it would have it would have lasted like a week, like maybe. Um, it's I don't know. It was really interesting to hear like the mathematicians be like, eh, like no, nothing's real. <laughs> like none of your dumb conspiracy theories are real. What if they were though? Uh, Did you ever what consider if they, what if they were, were for conspiracy? Look, the mathematicians oh, are all in were? on it too. They want us to believe that numbers exist. Come on, how how? <laughs> oh my god! How naive are you? Oh my god! <laughs> you gotta call in uh, one of those AM radio talk shows and talk about how numbers are fake. <laughs> Look, you I'm just second. Is that Look, have you ever seen a? Is six? that what we do this year? Instead of go to a um, go to a convention, is we just punk a bunch of uh, AM radio? Hosts? That would you know. Oh what? my god! Look, <laughs> Maybe I'm, we should. I'm just saying. I've never seen a five out in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that seven, eight, nine. I've never seen either. <laughs> oh my god! Though, no. what if we did this? What if we did this? <laughs> Like no one listens to our 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 podcast. Like, how would they know? There are only two numbers, and that's zero and one. Either something is there or it isn't. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! What if? Oh my gosh! Oh my god! What if you have? What if you take an apple and then another apple and then another apple? No, those are those are no, that's different one, instances. One, one. Yeah, that's one one one. <laughs> And then you have infinite number of zeros to represent all of the apples that you don't have. All of all of the not apples. <laughs> this is the best number system ever. <laughs> no one will replace it. Uh, I think we should do this. This is almost as stupid as the time that I did trigonometry in uh, Roman numerals. <laughs> I thought you were about to say it's almost as stupid as Time Cube, and I was about to feel very flattered. <laughs> like, in a very weird way. 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> Oh my gosh. What if what if Nick called in to like Alex Jones? No, and... this is this is definitely um I don't know. I feel like this is more coast to coast AM territory. Oh really? <laughs> uh, I think George Norrie's dead though, so I don't Rush Limbaugh's dead. Yeah, Who Rush are you gonna Limbaugh's call in to you? Yeah. Imus in the morning? Isn't he dead? I are is they all dead? dead? I don't I, know. Is he dead or was he just like so racist that everyone just forgot about him? <laughs> Was he like canceled? But How much does forgot it to cancel him? <laughs> How much does it cost to own an AM station? Could we just buy one of these dead people's <laughs> oh my AM gosh. radio stations oh my gosh. and start oh no. talking bullshit? Oh my god! Okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm afraid of where this is about to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but at Christmas time, we were driving around, and you can. Oh yeah, you can. Um, essentially like rent like, a very small part of the airwaves to yeah. play Christmas music on. So it times perfectly with your like the lights on your house. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's really bizarre. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you drive up to somebody's house and they'll say specifically like tune in. And it's like some ridiculous, like either ridiculously high or ridiculously low number like 83.7 or whatever and you like you log in you you turn the dial on your radio and it's like somebody has made a a christmas mix that times perfectly with the lights on their house and um this is like mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't know who's doing and, this and then you drive like 10 feet away and it's just gone <laughs> it's just completely gone so maybe we can't buy an am station but um i don't know Maybe there's a way. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at radiotvdeals.com and uh, there's like four listings for Virginia radio stations. Nice. Oh, shit. So, uh, <laughs> how, how much are they? Can, is it? Is it? Uh... Um, that's what I'm trying to find out. We don't want the we don't want the Charlottesville one. Let's see. No. We want the. No, fuck Charlottesville. No good it did. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We have like probably like two people in Charlottesville that listen to us. And I'm like, well. Never again. And then they pop their collars and they walk away. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll fi- so I'll figure this out. I'll figure oh this God. out off air. I okay. Mean, in fairness to Charlottesville, it wasn't the people who live there fault. Like it wasn't, it wasn't them. That is true. That is true. That's like, yeah. Like every, the people who go to college in Charlottesville are very different from the people who actually live in Charlottesville. Well, I was I was more thinking about like the Nazis, but oh, oh, you were, that's I like how like I don't know. Oh, it's so sad that that's Charlottesville, like a city. I mean, I mean that's, that's what where a lot they're of known for nationwide is. now. That is true. That is true. Sorry, Alex, I stepped on your what you were saying there. No, I was saying what you were saying. Um... See, I still, but I yeah, don't know. No, I, it's, it. Oh. Hey, it's guys, okay. it's, on, it's the Some Nerds Interrupt Alex podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> you say while interrupting Alex again. It was a good bit. I stand by it. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up now and let you all talk. Please do no, your bit. No, <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. No, because all I was going to say is that basically what you said. Yeah, no, like wor- like worldwide, Charlottesville has become known for the Charlottesville incident, like the 2017, you know, Unite the Right rally. 
um, which is super weird considering it's like two hours away from both of us, probably in different directions. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, it's just, it's just another city. Yeah. It has a college. It's got a college there and like basically nothing else. Monticello's out there, you know. Somewhere. So Some, not, not really in the city itself. Yeah. But anyway. No, uh, continue. You were talking about people from Charlottesville. You were trying to alienate yet more of our listener base. <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, um, I because I I don't know, I wasn't associating it with the right the uh unite the right rally. I mean, and it's like it sucks because you know the people, at least like the people I know that have lived there and do live there, um, like they're really chill leftist. Um, like there's a huge hippie commune out that way. Um, like several hippie, you know, like there's like like I I don't know. There's there's a lot of leftists who live out in Charlottesville. Um, and then there's a lot of like, really, there's a lot of preps that go to UVA. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, it is kind of, it is really sad, um, that that's now what that city is known for. Um, when, if you've ever been there, you know, that it's, that's not really like, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a quirky little college town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, and like a lot of the people that live there are, are pretty liberal and pretty progressive. And so it's really it's just really sad. Every um, every Virginia city, like out in the mountains, like like in the in the uh, in like the Blue Ridge area, like once you go like past it, like closer to West Virginia, like west of the Shenandoah Valley, this doesn't really apply. But like if you're if you're on like this is like regional, <laughs> this is very regional. Regional if, hot takes. If you're like on the I eighty eight corridor, like if you're one of those cities. Mm-hmm. You have two things like in every one of those cities and it's all like civil war memorabilia and like black lives matter signs. <laughs> it's it so is, true. it is it's so true. Very weird. <laughs> Shenandoah never stopped fighting the civil war. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that they never stopped, stopped fighting the civil war. It's just that everything that like is out there, mm-hmm. it's like, has something to do with the civil war, but like all the people who live in the actual cities there are all like old hippies who just like moved out to the mountains, like, like Frodo or like, uh, like, oh. did. you know like, what I'm I gonna, mean? I'm going to live out in the mountains. I'm going to put my like, like, and it's, it's very bizarre, like driving through that area. Cause you'll see, you know, like you'll see like a handful of Trump signs and then you'll just see like, Black Lives Matter hate billboards. Hate has no home like, here. Yeah, hate has no home here. Like, no, no person is illegal. Love is love. Like, it's just like, like littering the I eighty eight corridor. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and and to be fair, it's like the other thing that every one of those cities has is a is a college. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So it's like, but it it to be even more fair, one of those colleges is VMI. <laughs> That's true. But the VMI, like, that's the other bizarre thing is like VMI is. Um, that's Virginia the, Military Vir- Institute. Virginia Military Institute. Um, what is, is that least? No. That's Stonewall Jackson. No, no, no. Yeah, the oh, name of the town. Yeah, Lexington. Lexington. Um, Lexington is like, it is like that perfect, it is that perfect dichotomy. Because um, we went there like a couple of years ago and um, you you go to their their uh their visitor center you are greeted by a little lady 
who's like, hey, y'all, welcome to Lexington, home of Stonewall Jackson. Here you can go see his house and where he taught Sunday school. And you're like, oh, okay, this is nice. And then you take like two feet (laughs) and it's like you walk two feet over and it's the restaurant that they didn't let the Trump staffers eat at. And then you go down from there and it's oh, like, that was that restaurant, yeah, wasn't yeah. It? and there's like, like a theater that probably does burlesque on the weekends. <laughs> so, so it's just like, it's like Stonewall. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. It's Would like- you like to come see Lady Marmalade perform <laughs> at the little theater of Lexington? That's probably not what it's called, but like, but yeah, um, I don't yeah, know. It's just got- really You've got that and like 12 historic sites that are only st- historic because Stonewall Jackson was there one time. <laughs> Come see Virginia Military <laughs> Institute where Stonewall Jackson was a teacher that was hated by all of his students. And you like go to the coffee store and it's like a girl with a <laughs> septum piercing. It's just like, hey, <laughs> it's very how's weird. it going? It's a weird... You're not a Trump staffer, right? Okay, here's your, here's your coffee. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> it's a very, very weird part of the world. <laughs> Anyway, Virginia is a weird. Isn't part of Lynchburg like, is, is isn't Liberty Lynchburg University is also like this. Lynchburg too? is also like this. They everybody that lives there <laughs> hates Liberty University with like a burning passion. They're like I met somebody <laughs> who did community who was like really big into the community theater scene, and the community theater scene in Lynchburg is always doing shit like hair. And they're like, no, we're going full nude. We're <laughs> full nude on that stage. Those Liberty kids like. <laughs> every every small town in the mountains of Virginia is like this. Um, where, uh, Virginia is such a weird. It's like it's what, what was this the person that did like the thirteen states or something? I don't. Where like did either of you see this? Where it was like somebody like basically divides up the country oh, into yeah. different like parts, yeah, and it's saying yeah, like yeah, yeah, what yeah. we really have are kind of like these like different distinct states. Yeah, um, and like, like tidewater. Yeah, the, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Virginia itself is like the only state that's like this. It is divided into three parts. <laughs> like like, oh. like tidewater is its own fucking thing with its own accent Mm -hmm. and then northern all of northern virginia gets shoved with like the 95 corridor and then the western part is like then considered something else so um that is one heartland kind of 100 accurate yeah anyway Mm -hmm. this is for no one i don't know why we've been talking about this for so long (laughs) it's been almost 20 minutes and we don't like we're like we're not gonna shut up about about quite frankly our love-hate relationship with the commonwealth of virginia yeah i don't know we've been doing a lot of cool shit like law wise are they banned uh shout out to danica rome um danica rome got the gay panic defense is now banned uh, in the state of Virginia, they are removing the uh, years ago. There was a constitutional clause saying like gay marriage was illegal, which I mean, granted, it's been legal for since 2013, but like they're they're scrubbing that off. We banned the death penalty. We legalized marijuana um, with uh, expungement, expungent, expungement. I think expungement, yeah. Of uh, your records, they're going to expunge all of the. And release all of the, like, if you had a marijuana-related drug charge, you're getting released from prison and they're expunging your records. 
They also created a vertical alignment system. So if you're already growing in the state of Virginia, you're going to be brought into the Legal Growers Association. Um, they passed a bunch of like housing, housing rights and housing, fair housing access mm -hmm. um, stuff. Like, I mean, holy fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the... Um the repealing of right to work didn't go through. Yeah, that didn't go through. But, that's um, that's a bummer. Yeah. There's always next year. But yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. But the it's, other stuff is all very, it's all good news. Um, uh, teachers get a 5% raise in the budget. Um, I'm trying to think of like, what else? Like, there's just like, there's just, they just passed like, like, and that's the thing, you know, the thing that like really frustrates me about being like, in between DC and Richmond for people who don't know, Richmond is the capital of Virginia. Um, like just how much, like how much fucking shit our, our state legislature was just able to get done. And they were just like, we just don't care. Like, like you, like you want the death penalty, like go fuck yourself. Like we're, we're banning it. You don't like marijuana, go live someplace else. Like we're, we're legalizing it. Like, you know what I mean? Like just being able to get such, such an incredible amount of work done in a relatively short period of time because they're part-time. Um, Cause being, being a part of the legislature in Virginia is considered a part-time job. And, um, and so they only meet like a couple of months out of the year and it's like, they got, they got so much stuff done. And it's like the actual fuck is wrong with UDC. Like, like the actual fuck and because like here's the thing it's like virginia like we have our crazies like we have Corey stewart and we have like amanda chase is a representative like they're just like whatever like go off amanda like we don't care like we're, we're just going to get this like progressive <laughs> these for i don't know for people who don't know which i feel like our listeners only are from virginia but maybe i'm wrong but um for people who don't know amanda we chase have is listeners all over the globe all over the world. <laughs> All over the world. So for people who don't know, Amanda Chase and Corey Stewart are part of the Trumpian wing of um, of the Virginia Republican Party. Um, Amanda Chase, who is going to run for governor against, there's like an, a, a ridiculous number of Democratic nominees, one of which is Lee Carter. Yay, Lee Carter. Um, trains. 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 <laughs> but like, you know... <sighs> It's like she's there, you know, just in the same way that you have Trumpers in our nation's legislature. But they're just like, like, what are you going to do? We control both houses and the governorship. Like, 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 suck an egg and move on. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I don't know. It just really bothers me. And I really, and maybe I'm, I'm being naive and maybe I just don't understand our government as much as I, I think I do. And I know the answer at the end of the day is like, Nancy Pelosi is a raging capitalist and <laughs> who like has a lot to lose if we pass a progressive agenda. And really the only thing that the democratic party has been campaigning on for the last four fucking years is, Hey, we're not Trump. Um, but you know, it's just like, my God, like there's so much you could get done. Yeah. There is so much you could get done. Like you are two hours away from a, like from a state legislature that used to like be bloody red, right? Like 
Virginia yeah. used to be a Republican stronghold. And now it's like progressive bill after progressive bill after progressive bill being banned or like, not being but, banned, being, being passed. Like wasn't know? Virginia the state that when, when integration happened, they like closed down the public oh, yeah. schools for like they, how many years? Like they, two, two, I think. two years. They just yeah. closed down all the fucking schools for two years, you know, like, and now, um, the governor just named racism a public health crisis. So, which is opening up a bunch of money. Um, which, as both a doctor and someone who used to do a lot of blackface, he is an expert on for two different ways. <laughs> that is true, but, but you oh. know, but like naming it a public health crisis oh. and being and opening up all of these like pathways um, to get people help, like like the fact that it's like it's being acknowledged like that, you know, when. Mm -hmm with like i went to a high school that was specifically built after integration like it was the first integrated high school built in that town um so i don't know it just it it boggles my mind having grown up here um and seeing it becoming progressive and then and and seeing like just a flurry of activity and then like looking you know just looking in my own backyard and and how everything is going in dc like the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like you could make stuff happen just make it happen and they could make stuff happen and they choose and they ch <laughs> <laughs> they wake up and choose nothing uh, yeah. So, we should talk about. Good, yeah. What do we want to talk been about? Because we've got, I think, a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about the stuff that leaked that that like came out like this week. Because stuff that leaked. Yeah, the stuff that leaked. There was a lot of stuff that like video game stuff that came out this week. Um, oh, I haven't heard any of this. Oh yeah. Uh, well, the, the first was the, not really a leak, but um, this past weekend was the. Uh, 25th anniversary of Pokemon Red and Green first releasing in Japan. So there was like a whole bunch of Pokemon mm -hmm. news that came out. Um, like they, they told us a little bit more about Pokemon Snap. Surprise, it's a Pokemon Snap game. Y you play Pokemon Snap in it. Yeah. Um, but it looks cute as hell. So I don't really care. <laughs> you know, like, it looks like it has way more levels than the first one. I think the first one only had like, like, it had like five. five or six. Like it was very, very small. So it looks like there's a lot more range. Looks like you're going at like different times of times of day, which yeah. is really and cool. like different Pokemon seem to be active at different times of the day, um, which is which is really neat. Um, so like that's still coming out. That's, that's cool. coming out like at the end of next month, I think. Uh, April thirtieth. I am so fucking excited. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna drink <laughs> a lot and play a lot of Pokemon Snap. I'm sure. Oh my god. Oh. I can bring back vodka on snap yeah. from my college days. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's oh, going to be quite as much as it will be for your college days. Um, but yeah, so so that it there was that. dangerous. Oh and my gosh, have I? I feel like I've discussed. You have talked about vodka on snap on the podcast, oh, but the people need to know at the least rules. once before. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the rules to vodka on snap. <laughs> All right, so here are the rules to Vodka Mon Snap in case you want to play along at home. <laughs> maybe you have a copy of the, maybe you have the N64 copy. 
maybe you got the port to the Wii, or maybe you're just waiting with bated breath for April 30th when you can own the new Pokemon Snap. All right, so Vodka Mon Snap. So basically, everybody has a drink. Um, anytime you... And then you play Pokemon Snap. <laughs> and you just get trashed. No, <laughs> but, okay, so, so you take turns playing the different levels. You take turns playing the different levels. And um, anytime you mm -hmm. get a new Pokemon, because it'll tell you when you get a you photograph a new Pokemon, everybody else has to drink. Um, anytime uh, your photograph goes head to head with somebody else's photograph, whoever loses has to drink. And then finally, um, whoever unlocks the secret new level, everybody else has to finish their drink by the time that uh, the new level is over. So those are your three rules for Vodka Mon Snap. 21 and up, go enjoy, have a great time, April 30th. I know I am super excited. I wish we had a Twitch stream <laughs> so we could play this on Twitch. We could Vodka make Mon that Snap, happen. That <laughs> oh my God, what if we did? That sounds like a I terrible could, idea for a number uh, of reasons. I could get that to happen if you want. <laughs> oh my god, we will pay for we'll pay we will. I don't think you need to pay to be on Twitch. No, no, no. But we'll no, we'll pay no, for the for we'll the... pay for the the new Pokemon Snap. We will send you a bottle of wine to your house. Um, <laughs> this is fucking happening. Oh my god, <laughs> Twitch I'll stream is happening. Do. What is it? What is it on? What is the uh, um... the, the new? Uh, it's on Switch because oh, I don't I don't have a Switch, so I can't really play along. Oh, but it. it's the only I thing can... that Nintendo is making games for anymore. I can um, I, I can I guess I'll I'll just tech it for you and drink alongside y'all. <laughs> um, so there's that. Wait, now I'm like scared that I'm committing to this. <laughs> I need more. I need more. <laughs> That's why I said it sounded like a bad idea. <laughs> um. So there's drink more booze and make your decision then. That's the best solution. <laughs> I'm doubling down. So there's that. There's the the remakes of Diamond and Pearl that are coming to the Switch. Called Brilliant Diamond and Sparkling Shiny Pearl. Shining Pearl. Because I keep wanting to call it Shining Diamond, but Shine I, bright like a diamond. I think that the the uh uh the people who own the rights to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure would come for them if that were the case. Because, like, Rihanna's not already coming for them? Well, I mean, JoJo did it first, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, technically speaking, Pink Floyd did it first, but, you know. So, so yeah, so Brilliant Diamond. And Shining Pearl. And Shining Pearl. Um, it really looks like just, like, a one-to-one -one just port. a one-to-one -one port, but <laughs> like, they just made the pixels into, like, cute little chibi 3D models. Um, uh, and it's pretty cute. Yeah, and apparently a lot of people are mad about it because it's just, like, a straight port. Listen, you can't make Pokemon the fans happy. Pokemon fans <laughs> like... are, like, the angriest people in the world, and I don't understand it. Like, I, I've played Pokemon since, like, it first came out, which I don't really want to think about. Like, I don't want to consider that. <laughs> Now that I realize that it's the 25th anniversary. <laughs> You're old. I am old. Um, uh, it's okay. I have also been playing Pokemon since it came out. But Because um, I am also I, old. I also think that it was a couple of years before it came out in the States. So yeah. I, I don't yeah. have to worry about the 25th anniversary of it being We're here yet. Basically in our 20s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. So, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> So, but I've been playing Pokemon since it first came out. And then like, you know, I dropped off after the first like generation or two. 
because I got a little bit too old for it. And then I got in college and realized I didn't care about that. I was too old for it. I still wanted to play it. And I played Diamond and Pearl and Heart Gold and Soul Silver and then uh, Black and White. Um, and then I dropped back out of it again. And then when Sword and Shield came out, I started playing those because I actually owned the console that they existed on. Um, I actually beat Shield. Yeah, I still haven't beaten Sword yet. I should go back to it. Some I beat point. Shield and I um, beat the first DLC, but I haven't finished the second DLC yet. So I guess I'm not I'm not the best person to judge, but I'm just like, hey, new Pokemon game, you know? Like I'll I'll get that and I'll play it for a bit and I'll enjoy the time that I spend playing it and then I'll, you know I'll be done. I'll be good. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but apparently, a lot of people are like big mad about like, no, you need to make it better. Do a good <laughs> job with it. I guess it's like because Let's Go Eevee came out. And they did make some like improvements. I don't to the think original... people like that either. I don't oh, think Pokemon really? fans are ever ha- like, like the people who are like hardcore Pokemon fans, like, like Celebi.net, like updating oh, kind of Pokemon fans, yeah, metagame, like metagame caring Pokemon fans. They're never happy with anything. Like that they're the true. most cantankerous people on the planet. They got, I like, don't understand it. They have, this was like the group that like when Sword and Shield came out, they were like, you said we would be able to get every Pokemon and we couldn't get every Pokemon. And it's like, there are like a thousand they're fucking like, Pokemon. There are like almost 600 of them now. There, there are too many Pokemons, okay? People have to like, people have to go home. People have to see their families. Like, you're not going to get every fucking Pokemon. What they said, like game developers they, lie. <laughs> Deal with it. Like. Sorry, they and need I, they need to sell you a DLC later on down the line. Yeah, yeah. but then they, yeah, exactly. But then, but then it's like they you don't they don't even really. I mean, well, I guess they did add more in in the DLC. That's no, true. they did like the second, not the mm. no, yeah, the second DLC. You get I think like almost every single Pokemon. It's not almost um, every single, but it's a lot. It's a it's lot. A, of the big it's ones. a lot. It's yeah. But like, and you get you get a, a bunch of the Alolan variations, um, in the DLC. Like, there's a way to get a bunch of Alolans. There's a way like. I don't know. I think I think people are just whiny. And honestly, I'd rather that someone is like, okay, here's the game and it's a full game. And then w- later on, we'll give you a DLC and it's going to have more game to it. I'd like that model a little bit better than like the live service model. You know, if I'm yeah. completely honest, like I'd rather if, cause then, cause then I have the option of like not buying the DLC. Yeah. Like if I don't, if I don't want to, I just, if I'm like done with the game, like I never bought, I, I might do it again at some point. If I ever get back into sword and shield, I, I bought the DLC. You got the DLC, but you played the entire game and then I you did. played the DLC. I feel like you got your money's worth. No, I, re- I, I really I got like, into it. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll get the DLC too, but I never finished the game. And then I never finished the game and I never got the DLC. So it's like, yeah, yeah whatever, fine. I, and I had fun with it. I get to say, if it was a subscription, Oh God. I would not. Yeah. I no. would like, I would not have fucking, I mean, the, mo- I, yeah. Guess what? Like most people didn't, that's like another video game thing yeah. that like came out this week that I kind of wanted to talk about, but the, oh, the, the other, the other Pokemon thing was, um, so like, you know, remake, whatever. It looks cute. Um, a lot of people are big mad about it. I think it's adorable. I might get it. I don't know. Um, but then the, uh, the new one is like the, the other like new, new one is, called Pokemon Legends Arceus. Did you see this one, Alex? Uh, no, I don't think so. Let me, let me, what is it about? So, is is this the one that's like an open world uh, kind of uh, like, uh, okay, yes. they, I yes. did see that. And it's set, it's set in the distant hmm. past. So it's like a game about like the history of like Pokemon catching. And the story is like, you're making the first, um, 
they're making the first Pokedex for the Pokedex for the uh, Sinnoh region, which is where mm-hmm. Diamond and Pearl take place. Um, and Arceus is the like god Pokemon. It's the Pokemon that like created the heaven and the earth mm-hmm. in the Pokemon universe. So it's like I think I saw the I think I saw the trailer for it, and my reaction was, "Oh, holy crap! Is this is this going to be Pokemon Kill God?" <laughs> <laughs> That's- it's gonna be it's dark souls pokemon you're gonna have to link the first flame it's that dark souls of pokemon games that would be sweet though come on oh my god you kill arceus and then you become arceus wikipedia says the game appears to be set in a meiji era japan inspired shino region yeah which uh that sounds like it's gonna be interesting um they they have pokeballs and they like they showed a close-up of them in the video for it and like they're made out of like rock and wood and metal. It's just like oh, that's Lord. cool as hell. I like that. <laughs> they have like a stealth mechanic in it. Like so, it has you. It shows them like uh, the you gotta the, sneak the up Pokemon. on the Pokemon. Yeah, you're like sne- they showed the the trainers like sneaking up on the Pokemon, like crouched down in the tall grass, like they're like fucking solid snake and just chucking Pokeballs at them unawares. It's like that's cool. I like that. That seems really neat. And then like that's you know, pretty regular, dope. Right? Yeah. And then there's like regular Pokemon yeah. <laughs> combat in there as well, but it's like, oh, I don't know. Like that looks it looks kind of cool. I guess like after having played through all of Shield and then most of the DLC of Shield, I guess I'm like I don't cuz you get kind of the open the open world feeling in both of those. And so I guess I'm just a little like I don't know what more this has for me other than it's kind of got like a different skin to it being um being kind of set in i don't know like old world japan or or however you want to describe it but like um so yeah like i don't know like i'm i i'm intrigued i worry that i'm gonna buy it and then like immediately regret buying it oh um because it's like you still have a professor you still get a starter pokemon so i'm like you're still filling out a pokedex i'm like what makes this different than like another pokemon game except you're not going to gyms i guess the the thing that like i thought looked really neat like, cause they're not creating whole new Pokemon for this, but it's like, oh, like the, the, the environments are different. And so you might see Pokemon in the Sinnoh region in this time period who weren't back there, like who weren't there in the present. Cause they like migrated around, which is like, that's kind of a cool touch. Yeah. Um, and I also like the, the, the three starting Pokemon, they're just getting them from like three other. So they're like, you're not getting the same ones as diamond and pearl. It's like, um, Oh God, it's like the owl, like the plant owl one from uh, the Aloha, the sun and moon ones. Yeah. Uh, and then like Cyndaquil and I think Oshawott. And so it's just like three different like starters from three different regions and three different errors. Like oh, that's, that's a neat little, like, it's like a remix. Also, there's not going to be two games, right? So you can complete the Pokedex playing single player. Yeah, which is that is cool. true. That is pretty cool. Uh, which I've never really been able to do before because I've never really done the multiplayer aspect of Pokemon. Um, I don't know. I like it. I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. Um, but yeah, we were talking about like games as a service. Yeah, I I'm I'm looking forward to it. It looks it looks like Breath of the Wild. It's a Pokemon game. It's got a really cool like art design. 
I don't know. It's I only have to get one of them <laughs> as opposed to when sword and shield came out. I got a, like, you got me sword and I got you shields. Yeah. Uh, Cause we were adults and yeah. it was Christmas and it was Christmas. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And then the, the other nice thing is like the nice thing about the switch is you can have multiple profiles for different games. So like we, yeah, you're right. Like we would only have to buy one copy of Arceus and both of us could play it at the same time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, nice. Then the the games as a service news that I wanted to touch on, because it was like, oh, this is a nice little treat for my birthday, is that, uh, what's it fucking called? I can't even remember what it's called now. That stupid uh, that stupid uh, uh, Destiny ripoff that EA made Bioware make. Anthem. Anthem is dead. Like, <laughs> oh, they Anthem stopped, is dead. <laughs> they, stopped yes. making, they stopped making Anthem. Because they were going to do like this huge update and then it kept not coming out and kept not coming out. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing it. We're just done. We're done updating this Goodness. game. And then it seems that this is like, like as, as much as I would love to see EA keep bleeding money and just like go away forever. Um, the next best thing to that is to at least have them like stop making terrible, shitty, rushed games as a service game. Mm-hmm. Especially from game companies that I actually like have liked their output in the past and would like to like buy games that they make. Cause I like the games that they make like mm-hmm. Bioware. Yeah. Like I, I like Bioware games. They used to make really good RPGs and then they, EA was like, no, make the shooting game and stop making RPGs. And then everyone was like, we want them to make RPGs. And then now now they're because apparently there were rumors that um dragon age 4 was going to be a fucking live service game and now that now that anthem fell flat on its face they're just like just make it single player i guess just make oh the the you mean this series of games that we have had three of so far that are all single player rpgs you think maybe the fourth one should also be a single player rpg maybe that would be a good idea <laughs> maybe maybe uh, uh have you have you been following uh vampire the masquerade bloodlines too uh i follow i i heard that it's not coming out again anymore that was yeah the last thing uh, I heard. it uh it's not officially canceled but it's probably canceled yeah the they fired they they like fired the head game director and um laid a bunch of people off and they're still not saying that we're we're canceling it. Like it's it's gonna be in development hell, which I guess is par for the course for a Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines game, uh, from yeah. my understanding. But um, it's it's unfortunate. But I mean, when did the first one come out? It was like two thousand four. Two thousand four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um. Let's see here. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. When did you come out? 2004 yeah wow we called it yeah um so yeah it's been 17 years <laughs> since we've had one. Oh my god uh that's fine um i don't know i never really got into the first one i'll be honest i mean i got to it kind of late so it was kind of dated when mm-hmm. i tried to play it yeah and i was just like eh, it's not really i've been having that problem a lot recently if i'm c- perfectly honest because like i you know i played all the way through um disco elysium 
And now just every RPG that I try to play that isn't Disco Elysium, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, goodness. All the other video games should ask, where's Dis- Disco Elysium? Should, well, I don't know about that, but they should all just like, just do what Disco Elysium did for a while, please. Like that was, that game was fucking fantastic. I, and I, it like... <laughs> I have it now, and you. What? When was yeah. the time that you said I should be playing it? Was that this it's month? Sometime this month. Okay. Sometime this month, the 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 update is supposed to come out. I don't think they've given an official date for it yet, but April first. Uh, you should play it April first, and that'll yeah. be your. First I, I will, and then it just I will send you itself from my Steam account. Yeah. <laughs> I will say as soon as I'm aware that it has been updated, I will send you a message, and then I will probably go back and start a new game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because like I, as soon as I was done with it, I'm like, well, what do I have in my steam library that I've never played that can scratch that itch? And I was like, Oh, here's what, like, like, let maybe an old like D and D game. Like I never played Baldur's gate. Let's boot up Baldur's gate. And you know what? I'm sure it was great for the time that it came out. Like it seems really groundbreaking, Mm -hmm. but man, is it not as good as, as Disco Elysium? <laughs> because like, okay, here's the thing. Like in Disco Elysium, you are always going to play the weird, crazy, like drug addicted cop. Like always. 100% of playthroughs, you will play that. But every time you get to choose what kind of drug addled amnesiac cop you get to be. Mm-hmm. And that changes the game in really interesting ways. Like I watched, I've been watching a few videos about it recently and people will bring up like, oh yeah, you can do this. I'm like, you can do that. <laughs> I never even tried to do that. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, damn, now I want to go. Like it's, it's giving me a reason to want to go back and play the game as a racist, which I'm like, why would you ever want to play the game as a racist? Oh, because it opens all these other avenues in the game that <laughs> I did not have any idea even existed. Yeah. Um, but the, the best, I will say this, I'm not going to give you any spoilers for it. When you play it, mm-hmm. you are going to need to do the fucking... Um, the the cryptozoologist storyline all the way through okay you need to believe really really hard in cryptozoology because the payoff for that storyline is one of the greatest things i've ever seen in a game okay um but yeah like i I don't know i booted up i booted up Baldur's gate and i was like all right yeah i'll make who do i want to be in Baldur's gate i like being a barbarian so i'll just make this like rude and crude barbarian with a heart of gold. Yeah, that's the character I am. And then like the game starts up and it's like you're the the ward of some like fucking scholar in this wizard's academy. I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rude and crude barbarian dude from out of the ways. Why did you want me to make I'm rude and tootin'. <laughs> Why did you want me to make a character if you're just going to make me have this background?" So it's like, it's a, it's an interesting little switch off where it's like, you get to decide, like you get to roll up your character in this game, but then all characters are going to start the game in the exact same place, mm-hmm. which is what makes Disco Elysium so great. I think as an RPG where it's like all, all players are going to start in the exact same place. And moreover, you're all going to be the exact same character. Like you can choose your, your starting stats or whatever mm-hmm. to kind of like guide you and how you're going to play the game. But then it's like, 
but then it's all just dialogue choices and like the thoughts that you choose to have and what you like what you want this character to think is the thing that actually makes the character go forward instead of I made up this great character idea. Oh wait, no, this is his background. That's not the character I want. Oh wait, these are my only three dialogue choices for this moment. My character, I don't feel like my character would say any of these things. And then like, and then they throw- That's my problem with a lot of, uh, with a lot of uh, role-playing game, like Mm -hmm. video role-playing games is is the limitations of stuff like that. So I I can definitely understand that frustration. Like as cheesy as it is, I feel like the Elder Scroll games always like get it right with just like you're in prison. Like <laughs> like you're you're just in prison at the start of this. Why are you in prison? I don't know. Come up with a reason. Like you maybe you did something, maybe you didn't do anything, and you're like you're just falsely accused. Like there's limit like there's any number of reasons why your character could be in prison. They never tell you what that reason is. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter that much after that instant like moment. It's just like, here's the reason why your character is in this place at the start of the game. And then like something happens as soon as you leave that starting area. And it's like, that's what propels the main story forward. Go. So it's like that. That's, that's a good way of doing it. If you're going to let me make the character, don't tell me who the character is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, like I said, Disco Elysium does it so interestingly where it's like, here's the, who you're, here's who you are. You are a gigantic piece of shit. How does that make you feel? And that's the game. Oh, good. And it's the greatest game mm-hmm. I have played in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I've been trying to do like, go with that. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go the opposite direction. Cause I started thinking about, um, there's a game that I had in on the Nintendo DS called the dark spire, which was just an old school dungeon crawling RPG. And I'm like, I, maybe I want to play a little bit of that then like the, the complete opposite, right? No real story, no real characters to speak of. Just you're in a maze fighting monsters, find your way out. And I I'm having a really hard time finding one. Like I've Mm. tried a few different ones and like, none of them are just like, they don't have all of the things that I want, but I did play one that was really good. And I think this is going to be the last thing that I, I want to talk about before I hand things back over to other people. But I played one called Sever or Severed. Severed. Um, yeah, it was on, I, I played it on the, um, the Switch. I think it originally came out on the Vita. And I don't think anyone has ever talked to me about this game. I don't think anyone, like, I, I know hardly anyone who has probably even heard of this game. But, like, when I looked it up, because I'm like, well, what are some games like Dark Spire that I could go out and buy right now? And I'm like, some of these I played and I wasn't interested in. Some of them, like, it just it didn't look like it was my kind of a thing. Like, it didn't have all the, the parts that I wanted. And this game didn't really either, but I figured I'd give it a shot because it was by um, Drinkbox Games. And they were the same people who did um, Guacamelee. If you've ever seen those games, fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroidvanias with like Luchador and like Day of the Dead kind of aesthetic. Really, really interesting story. Really fun gameplay. So I'm like, all right, I like Drinkbox. I like I like the Guacamelee games. I'll check this one out. And it is, it's very short. I think I 100% completed it with like no reason to ever go back and pick it up again unless I just wanted to play it again. Like there was no stone unturned. I got all the collectibles. I did all the achievements in about six and a half hours. I think I played through the entire th- thing over the course of like three days. 
Um, and it was, it, it's a dungeon crawling kind of like first person game. Um, and there's like RPG elements, but you play as like, it's another one of these, like you play as this character, here's your character go. Um, and it's, it's a very like weird minimalist story where you're playing as like this teenage girl and something like your family household, like fell through a dimensional rift or something. It's never quite clear exactly what happened, but like the game mm-hmm. starts, your house is in ruins, your family is all gone and your arm has been severed. Hence the, the, the title of the game, or at least that's one of the, the titles of the game. And so mm-hmm. you find your mom's sword and her armor and you go off into this weird wilderness to go try to find your family. And the game is like, there's like, you go into combat and the combat, the reason why no one's ever played it is because you have to have a touchscreen device. Like it can only be on a touchscreen the way that it works. Uh. Um, because you're like moving around and then you get into combat and the combat is swiping on the screen. Um, huh. And so, like, the the enemies will take a swipe at you, and you'll swing to parry it. Um, and then, like, they'll expose their weak points, and you have to, like, slash really fast over the weak points. And if you do a long slash, it does more damage. But if you do, like, a whole bunch of, you know, if you do a shorter slash, you can do it faster, but it doesn't do as much damage per slash. Um, and then, like, you get these, like, very Metroidvania kind of power-ups that open new parts of the map. Um... And like, I don't want to give it away because the story is actually like really good and like kind of heart wrenching. Um, it's this really interesting, <laughs> like this really really interesting, weird, beautiful game. Like the artwork for it is absolutely incredible. And I picked it up for like five bucks on sale on the Switch just because I was like, all right, I want to, I want to RP, I want a dungeon crawler. And it, again, it didn't quite. It was more of a Metroidvania than anything else, but it was just in first person. <laughs> with like RPG kind of mechanics. Like, Oh, the other thing that you can do in the, in uh, combat is like you, once you get the enemies down to like a certain level as long like you have a bar that you fill. And if you fill that and get the enemies down to like their last little bit of health, you can, you get a few seconds to like cut their limbs off and then you use their limbs to upgrade your character. Um, hmm. It's, really weird and really strange uh but i really but it sounds like you had fun with it if you have a device that that can play it um like if you have a vita in a closet somewhere or if you have a nintendo switch pick it up because honestly it's just it's really again if you can find it on sale if you can find it for like the five bucks i paid for it you definitely get your money's worth from it um but yeah Oh, and an Elden Ring footage leaked. Um, the new, the new FromSoft game. Uh, I watched that today, and it looks like it looks like Dark Souls, but you get to ride a horsey in it, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fun, fun. How about you, Elise? What do you have to say? Oh no, I just I have a brief musical interlude. <laughs> oh, okay. Country roads, let's go. It's a me, 
Mario, Mushroom Kingdom, Mamma Mia, take me home, Rainbow Road. Okay. Speaking of which, Animal Crossing uh, Mario merch dropped. So that's that's pretty cool. Go check your uh, Nook shopping app in Animal Crossing to see all of those things. It's it's pretty neat. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's my button. That's your button. (laughs) Yeah. Did you did you do anything or or watch anything this uh, past couple weeks at least or play any games or? Um. Because I know before we started recording, we we were talking a little bit about some of the things that y'all watched. Um, oh, do you want to talk about that thing? That's the only thing that we can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So uh, we finished Futurama, which I mean, for all of its flaws, and it's very much a product of its time. Yeah. It does have a very beautiful kind of bittersweet ending. That- there is there is a a a like the third episode or the fourth episode from the end it's one of the ones really really close like the end of the series i like openly sobbed um during that episode like it is Mm -hmm. heart-wrenching and so it's like it's one of those things where it's like there there's so many jokes in it that you're like that's not okay but then it's like it's at its heart unlike other like adult animation properties it's it's very similar to bob's burgers yeah um if like if you're going to compare it to to anything it's very close to bob's burgers which to be fair bob's burgers had a couple of like really in their early yeah yeah in the in their in their beginning and i think because like you know they're now being made in the 2020s it's Mm -hmm. it's more i don't know socially acceptable whereas i'm i'm pretty sure that like Futurama was wrapping up like the year that Bob's Burgers got started or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it is definitely a product of its time and there's stuff that like, you know, is still going on in the Simpsons that they're just kind of now correcting, but it's like every time Amy's parents were on screen, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Um, because it's like you two obviously white voice actors doing very bad Chinese accents. And it's like, and it's weird because like there's this odd mix because like the main cast is all like, like the woman who plays Amy was like in the Joy Luck Club and is Chinese American. And so it's like, okay. And like, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, Phil Lamar as Herbie's, you know, he's not Jamaican. But, you know, at least you've got a black guy playing a black character. And so it's like, all right, yeah, this is this is mostly fine. But then, like, the supporting cast, it's just like, oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> Old white voice actors. Oh. Um, but, the, but then at the end, like, it, it still has this, like, really good emotional heart. So it's yeah. like, what do you do with this kind of media um, because there are, there are some episodes like Fry's dog and mm. God, why can I not remember the name of that other episode that are just the, like the, the one that made you cry? The, the one that like I sobbed. I will, I will look at like 15 minutes after it wrapped. Um, oh, I think, Oh, game of tones, That's game of tones, game of tones. I, I like, I don't know. It's like, like do I want to say like spoiler alert on a, on a show that ended like 10 years ago? And explain why I cried so hard, or do you want to watch it? What were you saying? Well, Alex? if you uh, 
Uh, well, I was going to say, if you listener uh, have a uh, interest in watching this and don't want to be spoiled, uh, skip ahead. I don't know what, like a minute and a half. Yeah, a minute one. and a half. Yeah. All right. So, so spoilers for a ten-year-old show. Um, so the episode, it's kind of a, and this is what Futurama does. It's like it's kind of a goofy episode, and then the last five minutes are just heart wrenching. So, um, you find there's like this this tone that's playing and the only one that can figure out what it is, is Fry. And it turns out that like Nibbler, who is an ambassador from another planet, um, him and his buddy got drunk. Cause they like, they made sure that Fry was Fry came to the future because he's not like the chosen one, but um, he was very integral to this part of saving the world. Right. And, um, and it turns out that it like the tone that they're playing is um, the car, like the car beeping. Um, their little spaceship that they they drive around, and um, and one of the things that happens is like they're trying like they're trying to get Fry to remember where the like trying to get trying to get Fry to remember the night that he got locked in the cryogenics chamber, and um, he keeps just wanting to spend more and more time with his family because it's the first time in a, in a thousand years that he's seen his family, and um. And he keeps, and they're like, you can't do this. Like, stop living in this past, stop living in this dream. And then finally, at the end, like, L, like they find the, they find the, um, the spaceship. Everything works out, and they're like, hey, you know, you really did our people a solid. We'll pay you back. Um, and so Fry goes to sleep that night, and he wakes up in his mother's dream. And so then you cut, like, I'm, I'm starting to tear up as I'm talking about it. But um, so basically what happens is Fry wakes up in his mother's dream because dreams have been a big theme throughout this whole episode. And, um, and he realizes, mm-hmm. like, because he's like, oh, I don't remember this game. Like, this wouldn't be in my how dream. How can I be dreaming how, this? How can yeah. I be dreaming this? And it's like, no, we woke you up in your mom's dream so that way you could say goodbye. And then, like, the next... Aww like sell the next scene is like you're watching his mother sleeping and smiling because she got to see her son one last time. Um, and it's like, and it's, <laughs> I like, I saw it. I'm like tearing up as I'm talking about this episode. And it's like, I seriously just mm-hmm. like sobbed. Like I sat and sobbed for like 15 minutes because it's so beautiful. And it's like, it's so weird Futurama is so weird because there's mm-hmm. so many things that happen in it that you're just like, you're cringing or it's racist. And then, but in a way that I don't think the Simpsons ever really made me feel this level of catharsis. There were some episodes yeah. in the early season. Like I think the one where Bart there is going to fail yeah, the one we have third grade right. and like um, he prays for a snow day. I think that one, but that one comes close, but like, you know, like there's a handful of episodes the, the one with Lisa's like substitute teacher yeah. that inspires her like that one. There's, there's some, there's like, they some. get close at least. But like Futurama like consistently hits this level of catharsis that you're not expecting from an animated show. And especially um, from such like a silly animated show. Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. It's like all of the episodes that like do that, like Jurassic Park, and and game of tones and then there there's the one with um 
where you... Bender finds out that he has a, a manufacturing defect that's going <gasps> to cause him to oh die. Oh my god, that one also made me <laughs> right. Like <laughs> you find out the, like the 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 reason why he got to live, and that's really beautiful. Um, skip ahead if you don't want the spoiler. Like skip ahead a minute. Um, you find out that like in his early days, Hermes was the inspector at the plant that um, Bender was created. And so he's holding baby Bender and baby Bender has a defect. So he's got to toss him into the, into the trash bin. And instead he just like lies and um, says he's fine and then quits. Um, So that way, like Mm. Bender can go and have a full life. Yeah. There's so many Mm -hmm. and it's just very consistently. And also like, you know, there were a lot of women in the writer's room when there weren't a lot of women in comedy so like Al Gore's daughter is one of the is one of the main writers, which is why he Which is why he's in the show so much. <laughs> so yeah, like there's <laughs> there's all of these episodes that very like cons- um the, the episode where you find out who Leela's parents are mm, yeah. is like another one and it's and it's very consistent. It's like I think that's the, the one last... that she was actually the head writer on. Yeah. yeah. The last five minutes of these episodes are just like gut wrenching. Um, so it's hard because mm-hmm. it's like, what do you do? Because it's like, I think there's a lot of value in that. I think there's a lot of value, you know. It's a product of its time. But like it's that, like it's a product of its I, time. I feel like in another five or ten years, it's going to get one of those Muppet Show, like, disclaimers at the front. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this show was a product of its time. Like, there's things in it that are not really okay today. But we think they're important to look at for, like, historical context, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely I, think I will say, oh. uh, I will say, um, that the voice actors for, uh, Amy's parents, um, the voice actor for her mother is actually the same voice actor. It's, uh, Oh, Lauren really? Okay. Oh, cool. I did not. I actually then, never, I never looked that up. And then the voice actor for, uh, her father is Billy West, who also does Fry and yeah. Farnsworth yeah. and Zoidberg. Yeah. yeah. but she's she's definitely doing like a very thick accent yeah but i guess like you know she actually is chinese american you know so like it's fucked up that billy west is doing it it. is fucked up that billy west is doing it it's also kind of fucked up that billy west does like dr zoidberg but that's yeah that's another that's a whole other that's a whole other can of zoidbergs yeah can of zoidbergs (laughs) god I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird show because it is very silly, and then it gets very very serious in certain parts, um, and it has a really beautiful ending. So yeah, the, the very end of the very yeah. last episode, I think, like the the last episode that they did on Fox was like that was a really good episode. I think that the last one that they did that was like the ver- the actual end of the series, like after they came back and went away again, is maybe one of the best stories of science fiction ever written for television yeah like that is one of the Mm. best sci-fi television stories ever it is really good um man yeah that's it that was a really good show um we also finally finished watching like the last four episodes of cowboy bebop i don't understand why we stopped watching i don't understand why we stopped watching it either i think we just went to watch something else and then just never came and back to those forgot. last few episodes. We're in the same position with the great too. We like never finished the great. Um, the, uh, the one thing I'll say Sometimes about Cowboy Bebop. 
Yeah, that's true. So one thing I'll say about Cowboy Bebop is like it is it is not my favorite anime. I understand why it is other people's favorite anime. Like it it is really good. It is really well done. It's like kind of dumb to be like it's a classic. Like mm-hmm. yes, this is it's a cl- everybody it is a- like collectively understands that Cowboy Bebop is like one of the greatest animes ever made. And it's like I get it. It doesn't quite hit for me. Like there's some episodes that I really really love. Yeah. Um but I don't know if I ever really connected with like Spike um or Faye in the way that I was meant to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I ever got that same connection that I know a lot of people have to this series. Yeah. But like if you if you do have that connection, I totally 100% get it. Um and I understand mm-hmm. it. It's just one of those things where it's like I would revisit a few episodes. I don't know if I'm in the mood to rewatch that whole thing. And, and talking about like, well, I mean, that's the great thing about Cowboy Bebop. And I think, I think that was one of the reasons why it kind of has the staying power that it does is like 90% of that show is just like, is just one-off episodes. You can just watch an episode of Cowboy Bebop, which is really mm-hmm. rare for anime. Like how many other anime series can you just pick a random episode in the middle of the series and like chances are very high that you're going to be completely fine. Like you're not going to have to have anything explained to you. Yeah. <clears throat> unless you like, Nichichu. unless you, yeah. Nichichu, that's true. <laughs> that's that's true. true. Yeah. But like, I mean, cause it is one, I mean, I guess Nichiju kind of sort of has a story arc as well, but like Cowboy Bebop story arc happens. Well, I mean, yeah. In, no. in like four episodes yeah <laughs> like you get happens the, like right at the beginning and right at the end it's not even right moment. at the beginning like the yeah. first few episodes are just like here's like random space adventures and then it's like oh yeah by the way this character has like a d- deep and dark secret that might come back to haunt him and then like a few up ep- like like maybe 10 episodes later it's like you remember that deep dark past it's coming back to haunt him like a little bit but not that bad and then you get a few more episodes and then you get to the real folk blues and it's just oh yeah here, so I guess this, that story's done. This Remember? is the culminating arc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Turned out there was an overarching story the entire time. And comparing that, I guess, to um, uh, Samurai Shampoo, uh, which I watched more recently than I watched mm. um, Cowboy Bebop. Like Samurai Shampoo has episodes that are very much like that, where it's it's like you know standalone things. I, I'd say it's it's kind of probably a bit half and half like half of them are like advancing the plot and the other half aren't but you know it's it's similar in that kind of way i never got as much into samurai shampoo yeah but it it did strike me as being more story heavy where it's like you know the first few episodes it's like well here's why these characters are coming together and here's what their goal as a group is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is never something that cowboy bebop really established it's just Spike and Jet are bounty hunters and their goal is they hunt bounties. Yeah. Like yeah. their goal is to get enough money to eat for the rest of the week, which I think is a, it's mm-hmm. a great way to do a series like that. Right. Cause there's always a reason for there to be an, another adventure. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, with Samurai Shampoo, like, yeah, there's an overarching kind of plot, but also there's a lot of, we have a long way to, travel and so every yeah. time we stop yeah. at a town there's a new adventure so similar but a bit more on the path 
as it were. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I I've always really loved Cowboy Bebop, and it, and one of the reasons why we went back to it is the other show that we watched. Like I was like, I it's not the, the other show that we watched uh, that we're gonna talk about after this. I'm like, man, this this show came out just a year before Cowboy Bebop, and just it, Cowboy Bebop like has better dubbing, <sighs> it looks nicer, <laughs> like just it's so it's such a different like it's so weird to think that those two things came out so close to each other all right it's time to talk about utena yeah U-Bor. at least a little, again yeah a little bit of utena that we've watched so far um because that's that's what nick's making fun of he's making fun of utena because he i'm has not no making taste. fun of it i'm just saying um like, he's just he's just got notes about the fact that yeah it, it is an older rougher animation style it's you know that's okay. not something that's debatable but. Let's let's put let's put Utena Revolutionary Girl into her historical context mm-hmm. real quick. Um one, the director who directed um the director who directed both Utena the show and Utena the movie, the adolescence of Utena, um Konohiku Ikuhara, it was the director of the original Sailor Moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he directs like the first three seasons of Sailor Moon. Then they're like, oh, we'll give you Utena. And Utena is very much the, like, also ran of the Magical Girl series from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it has, like, it it doesn't have the budget of Cowboy Bebop, okay? It doesn't have the budget of Sailor Moon, okay? Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to manage your expectations when it comes to, like, the look and sound of, of, of Utena. Mm-hmm. The reason and for those why- of you... Sorry okay. to interrupt real quick. No, for those of you that are confused about what we're talking about, check out our last episode where we talk a lot about uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Um, but now we're just continuing that conversation. So just mm-hmm. this is part two of the ongoing Utena talk. <laughs> Sorry, should I catch everybody up? Utena is a magical girl series from the late 1990s. It is based off of the manga of the same name. Um, like I said, like I just said, it was directed by the same person that directed the... Um, the original, the original Sailor. Sailor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So, like I said in the last episode, Utena is about a girl that gets um, brought into a very prestigious um, private academy somewhere in Europe. She is the fish out of water financial aid case in a larger group of very rich trust fund kids um her big deal her her thing her i guess conceit as a character is that when she was a child she um both of her parents died and she had this vision and maybe it's real and maybe it's not that a prince on a white horse came to her and gave her a ring and um she was so taken by him that she decides that she is going to become the prince that saves damsels from distress so that's kind of like her thing. Now within Utena, I don't, how far did you get Alex? Okay. So I, and, and like I said, we, we talked about this a lot last time. So there's a lot we've already covered. Um, I have currently gotten a, I think I'm approaching the end of the Black Rose arc. 
Oh, okay, um, good. So I the last episode I saw was like a flashback episode with the director of the whatever institute that the Black Rose organization yeah. is part of. So yeah, um I haven't quite finished that yet, I think, but I'm I'm approaching the end of there. Okay. Um, so and then we we've only watched the first five. So we're in the um we're in the student council arc, which mm-hmm. is the first one. And like I don't know. I guess Nick can jump in here and talk about how Nick, he feels about it. Jump and in then here. I will artfully respond him and his <laughs> points that he's going to make. I mean, I don't I don't know what, what else I can honestly say about it. It's I, I think I'm gonna echo what you said last time, Alex, which which was mm-hmm. basically it's it's fine. It didn't age the best. And it really, if anything really needs a remake, it's something like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think that the concept is probably interesting, but like literally everything else about it is just. So here's why you're wrong. (laughs) And here's why it's the best of the 90s magical girls. Okay. Again, that's Um, Cardcaptor Sakura, but carry on. (laughs) So. You okay? So you have to kind of think about it in the sense of like, if 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 Sailor Moon is like the sun and the light and the template, <laughs> Utana is very much like the shadow side of the Magical Girls series. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get into it with the Black O's arc, you get into it with the last arc, but really, there's actually a lot of strong themes of like abuse. And cycles of abuse and cycles of neglect that people get sucked into and how do they get themselves out of it and how do they get each other out of it? And that's, those are like the, the prevailing themes. And so with the, and I get why a lot of people, and that's like a criticism that a lot of people have is like, they, they slog through that first arc, but it's like the student council arc is supposed to like, is supposed to give you the magical girl beats. So that way it can deconstruct and have a conversation about them later. And Mm -hmm. they also draw really heavily on surrealism. Like when you, when you look at Utena, when the way it gets categorized, it's, it's a, it's a surrealist romance between Utena and Anthi. Um, which is really interesting because the original manga kun is actually super homophobic and really got really pissed off. What really? Yeah, like got How? really really pissed off when they were like, "No, we're just gonna it's, make them gay." It's the gayest thing in the world. It's when how could it not? Like everybody else is like, "No, this is really gay." Like they're really gay, and she's like, "No, they aren't. No, they're just friends." And it's like, "Oh, honey, oh, somebody that might be some internalized homophobia Literally, on your part." Yeah, but um. But yeah, and so it was really funny with with um, Ishihara, Ishihara, and he he was like, "No, they're gay. I'm making them gay." And it gets it, the movie. If you've seen the movie, the movie is a lot gayer. Um, the lot the the movie is a lot gayer and a lot more surreal. Um, so, what am I trying to say here? It's it's kind of I don't know. I, I can get all that and I can get behind all that. I, I again I, I still stand by my statements of before. It's like I love it. 
I want to watch it all, but it does also deserve an update. Uh, you know, I think yeah. it, I think it does. Um, I, that doesn't mean that it's originally bad. That doesn't mean it's a a bad show or a bad idea um, or you know bad in its context. It just means that it's something that could be updated to a modern audience. Yeah. Um, and, it and it can like, still explore those, those, you know, tropes and such without, you know, taking away from that. I guess like maybe, yeah, I could, I could see it. I guess like I worry having seen Sailor Moon Crystal and a lot of the original Sailor Moon series, I worry that if you don't get the right director, a lot of the subtext will be lost mm-hmm. um, because part of the thing with Utena is you have to sit with these characters and these ideas for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. Or they have to, they have to kind of like sit and meld with you like the shadow girls. Um, you know, you kind of dismiss the them. Girls. Shut up. Your opinion. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so have like, you heard you, Nick? Have you heard? <laughs> But you watch the Shadow Girls the first time and you're like, whatever, these like weirdos, this is a dumb. And then you watch it again and again, and it's like there is there becomes more and more meaning and more and more like relevance to why the Shadow Girls exist. And I worry that if you do, if you give it the Sailor Moon Crystal treatment, if you're not gonna lose some of that subtext and some of that surrealism because i think the surrealism also helps you in the deconstruction right it's it's very much playing off of the same type of the same type of tools that like epic theater and theater of the absurd uses where they're trying to draw attention to the fact that this is an anime and this is a show in order to get you to think more critically about what these characters are doing. Because Are you sure it's unlike... not theater of cruelty? Because we just sit there and nothing happens. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the way that like you watch Sailor Moon and you're like, oh my God, I'm Jupiter. Oh my God, I'm Mercury. Like you're not supposed to do that with Utena. And I think they're 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 trying to draw attention to the fact that like you are not supposed to like Toga. You are not supposed to like Mickey. You are not supposed to see yourself in these characters Aww. unless you are recognizing your Poor Mickey. Own flaws. No, fuck Mickey. Mickey is a dick. Oh. Go back and rewatch his episode. Mickey is an asshole. Mickey is a con- like, go back to his first two episodes, rewatch them, and this is the thing. The more and more you watch Utena, the more and more of the threads you can pull off it. And so it's like, I understand like revamping it. I understand the impulse to like, it needs to be revamped. It needs to be redone. It needs to be redubbed. I do worry that if you make this, if you make it too slick, if those tropes are going to be played straight. Um, because it kind of, that's what kind of happens in the manga series is some of these ideas that Ishihara takes and deconstructs the manga kun on the other hand, um, kind of plays them straight and it gets a little victim blamey and it gets a little like maybe abuse is okay sometimes. And so that's, that's the thing that I, I worry about if you take something like Utena. Mm-hmm and make it slicker 
for for a, a more modern audience. Does that make sense? That makes sense, but also, you know, the I think that the the kind of um what's the word I'm looking for? The times would would kind of dictate that that sort of kind of worry might be less likely to happen. Yeah, I feel like now is kind of the time for for a more like more like that now. I like like that kind of a deconstruction because people love deconstructing shit these days. Okay. Like I I see what you're saying, but I also think like no, I feel like someone would people would be willing to take like to give more money to something that was trying to do that now than they would have in 1997. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fair. Um <clears throat> What I would say from the start, there if they're going to do that, there are two things that need to happen. First, the characters need to be redesigned so they don't all have those pointy-ass vision of Escaflone heads on, like, the exact <laughs> same body for every single character. I don't know. Like, there is a part in it, like, in the, the first Mickey episode where they were, like, two characters who were fencing and like I didn't realize that one of the characters was supposed to be the blonde girl for like the first like two minutes of that scene. You mean Jury? The yeah. redhead? No. No, I thought it was Jury, and but it was his like sister. The the Oh, you're talking about Nanami. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, yeah, the blonde girl, Nanami. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, thought it yeah. was him at first because like, oh yeah, he's captain of the Kendo team. This makes sense. And then it's like, no, it's his sister. But they like they have the exact same body. So it is unless you can see the character's hair, it is impossible to tell them yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say if you are if you are like if you are colorblind and cannot see the difference in um Toga and um fuckface's uh hair. Same. Yeah. Uh, Seonji, yeah. yeah. If you can't tell the difference between their hair, they do look very similar. But a lot of these um, characters look identical. They have the exact same body with just interchangeable heads. But and I'm sure to be that fair, it, we don't see a lot of Seonji uh after a while. Um I, I I'm mostly referring to like like the other characters, like the, the like the other girls around that like they, they all look exact and it doesn't help that they all wear like like uniforms, right? But like a lot of mm -hmm. anime like take place in schools with uniforms, right? And they just like mm -hmm. you know, they do well, I mean, different a lot things of them a lot of them are meant to kind of like like a lot of the background like the 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 people that stick around Nanami, like they yeah. they have, you know, hair and eventually there's an episode about one of them. Um but like, you know, for most part they they're kind of supposed to just be background people, I guess. Yeah. And so there, it's like that's it's like, kind of it, because um uh, what's because um Utena is you know breaking all these traditions and standing out so much yeah, kind of highlights that you know people kind of following tradition. Maybe I'm way off my analysis Elise is is judging me Yeah, for... I think that's that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> okay, but let's let's take it and like look at something like Persona, which kind of does that same idea, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like all the characters for the most part take place in like are 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 in this one school where they have the uniform, right? And then like you've got 
the characters who are just the people in the school who like a lot of times you don't even see their faces, right? They're just kind of like, like silhouette people on the street. Um, and then you have the main characters who are all wearing the same uniform, but like they're wearing them in different ways. You've got like the one character who's like, oh, I'm like the bad boy rebel. So I've like, I've got my shirt untucked and I'm not wearing a tie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we can get a little mm. bit of something through the character design. Like you can look at that character and know who they are and know who they're about, like kind of instantly. Other than like, you know, like the student council, you like f- like four interchangeable Bashonin men, and then they're in- like that one guy's incestuous sister, and like <laughs> is Jury is Jury not Jury. The- yeah. is she's Jury she's, the she's the fencer. Fair enough. Oh, no, no, she, she's the fencer, Jury. and then it's to- yeah Toga's the one with Nanami as yeah. the sister. So, Toga Toga um, is but- the president. Theonji is the vice president. Uh, Jury, who's a girl, okay. is the treasurer, and then Mickey is the secretary. Have we seen her yet? Yes. Her, her episode's next. Okay. Then but we've seen her, like, because okay. she's the one that's um, fencing with Mickey at the beginning of his second episode. Wait, there are two girls on the student council? Nanami's oh. not on the student council. She just is hangs out she, with She her. just spends a lot of time oh. there because she's the sister of the president. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I honest to God thought they were the same character this entire time. I did not realize that there was. They don't look that similar. Like Nanami doesn't fence, so I don't know what you're talking about. They they aren't that similar, Nick. Um, I I don't like. I do they both? They both have blonde hair, though, right? No, No. Jerry's a redhead. I thought, I thought there was only the guy with the red hair. No, that's like red, red. We're talking like real people, red. Purposefully not paying I, attention. No, to I'm honest to God. Like, I don't know what character you're talking about. Jury, right Jury has like real people, you know, like ginger hair, and Toga has like, I'm an anime person, red hair. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. And then okay. his sister, Nanami, is, is the blonde. blonde. And mm-hmm. she's not on the student council. She is not on the no. student Are you council. Sure. I am sure okay. she's not on the student council. Oh my God. I, I'm not playing this up as a bit. I honestly did not realize that there was a girl. Of, like I thought she was the one girl on the student council. I didn't realize that there were two. Do you know who there Mickey is, is at least? Yes, I know who Mickey Jury. is. He is so okay. fine. Stop <laughs> he it. He takes me by the heart when he takes me by the hand. <laughs> there was a lot of singing that song when we were watching that episode oh. the other night. <laughs> I'm sure there was. So you completely missed how Mickey is an asshole. No, I didn't. I got it. That was why I sang the song. It was meant to be an ironic critique. <laughs> um, Are we done? I will so say, was, I will say there's a was, lot. I, I will say something talking about like the characters and like being able to see them like, like visual um, character design. Uh, and this plays a lot more in the arc that I'm in right now. But there's a lot about how people's appearance doesn't necessarily match the, who they are. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of, like, the masks that people wear kind of thing. Um, yeah. So so that can, you, you can kind of play around with that a little bit, I think. But do do kind of note that 
some of the characters look a certain way, but are you would not expect that personality. So so that kind of, you know, instant shorthand for a character personality yeah. isn't always the best way to go. But I can understand why you'd want to have more variation in them to be able to tell them a bit more readily. I can understand kind of both of those. Uh, right. But I mean, I, I would also just say, like, that would be a fun way to deconstruct if like, oh, they look this way. So you expect them to act like this. But then they're like, they have a completely different personality. But you can still give them a visual flair to them that distinguishes them as a character from the other characters. Yes. Okay, so like Toga, Toga is a perfect example of what you're talking about, though. Because like Toga specifically is supposed to be a deconstruction of like the magical girl's boyfriend. Like, for lack of a better term, he's supposed to be the anti-tuxedo mask. Yeah. And like, and, it, and it's a really good way of kind of like pointing out all the shitty things that Tuxedo Mask did mm. in Sailor Moon. I mean, no. I... And so like he comes on screen and you're supposed to be like, you see him and you see Utena and you're supposed to be like, oh shit. Like this is the boyfriend. Like this is the love interest. Like now we're at Toga and it's like, no, don't like Toga's a fuck face. You know, and you're so, and then you're you're supposed to go back and kind of realize like, oh, tuxedo mask shouldn't have been running around after like a thirteen year old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he is he is very much doing these things. I think very purposely. Yeah. Um. I, I but I mean maybe maybe it's just that it's the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. But like I think the first time I saw Toga, like I didn't even have to hear him open his mouth. I already knew he was a villain. Like, like. But because they like bothered to make him look visually different in some way from the other character, like that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, the other they thing also that make him look visually similar to Seonji, who is yeah. automatically yeah. known as a villain. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or like Mickey, Mickey is supposed to be like adorable, and he's drawn very soft, and he plays the piano, and he's a fencer, and then you get to the end of his episode, and you're like, oh, you're a controlling yeah. asshole. I, I like that. I'm maybe a little bit biased though, because like that is literally half of Nier Automata is about that character. Okay, when did Nier Automata come I, out? Like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's it's not fair because Nier Automata came out like five years ago. Because, <laughs> but, because who did it yeah. first? I don't know. Where do you get these things from I don't, that you love, Nicholas? I don't know that he necessarily drew it from there, but it is the same kind of character of type he of fucking drew it but, from Utena. But are you kidding me? Uh, I don't know. Like Utena did it first. All right. Like that's the other reason why all y'all need to give your but, props to the 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 sword from the boobs. <laughs> Utena revolutionary girl, but okay? What I'm like, going to say is nine... This is the hill that I'm fucking dying on. Look, just no, because... not nostalgia baby gay <laughs> glasses, Nicholas, which is what you said to me last night. It wasn't exactly like, that. No, you said that. It was where you're fucking Look, words. The existence of a remake doesn't, like, immediately throw away the original. Like, it's not going to take all the copies of it and throw it yeah. in the incinerator. Like, no, that still is going to like exist and it's because uh, there's the there's the full series available for free on youtube and it's been up for the last seven years and no one has bothered to take it down and how long have i been trying to get you to watch this series nicholas uh, 
how fucking long, Nicholas. I, okay, so but what I was saying about Nier Automata, though, is that the, the difference is that 9S is best boy until he becomes great, like, like terrifying, violent psychopath. Um, and I, and we love him. We love him for that. 9S is a great character. <laughs> and it happens over the course of like a 60 hour game, as opposed to like two episodes mm-hmm. where like the first episode is just about them studying for a math test. I love that episode. <laughs> and I'm just, Stop I, I literally, like, I literally was like, what's the most ridiculous? Cause the episode before was like the one where they're at a dance the entire time. And then like, I'm like, Oh, what is the next episode about? They're going to study for their math exam. And Elise was like, actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I said the thing that I thought would be the most ridiculous, impossible thing to follow this up. <laughs> Listen. And it was literally that. But she'll say, Anthe is such a weird girl <laughs> who keeps a snail in her pencil case. <laughs> I love that episode. Oh, it's so great. It's such a great oh, rule yeah. of threes moment. It's wonderful. But the other thing, the other thing that needs to be fixed is that Choo Choo needs to die. <laughs> Choo Choo needs to be made dead in the remake. Like, not that you should write him out, but, like, the very first thing that you should see in the remake series is Choo Choo dying horribly. (laughs) Choo Choo died on the way back to his home planet. (laughs) Okay, here's here's my problem with Choo Choo. You remember when they were first Mm -hmm. starting to talk about a, a Detective Pikachu movie and they were like, Danny DeVito should play Detective Pikachu. Like, this is if you just designed Pikachu to be Danny DeVito. He just looks like, he looks like, like a creepy pervert cast the magic spell on himself to be just a magical girl sidekick. Like, every time I see him, I'm just like, oh, you should put me in your underwear drawer, Anthony. Well, I think you found out who the voice actor for the remake is going to be for Choo I I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> it's like, they literally like, oh man, time to pick our cute mascot for the Magical Girl anime. Oh, we just have these spare parts left. Oh, just throw them together. It'll be fine. They but look, what if- he looks like. He looks like what happens to the Poochus in Excel Saga when they die and get the Golgo 13 face. Like, it's the worst. I hate him so much. Every second he is on screen, I wish for death. His or mine, I have no longer care. I no longer care. <laughs> Elise, your defense. Your rebuttal. Um, fuck you. That's my rebuttal. <laughs> Uh, honestly that's just what it boils down to i just i think choo choo is the worst i think i think he is a demon of spite that has inf- like you know how like um like jerry falwell said that like the the uh the exorcist was actually a movie that was like literally possessed by the devil i think he's wrong <laughs> i think it's just choo choo like that the is the exorcist is possessed by choo choo <laughs> no choo choo is the devil the actual Christian devil made flesh. <laughs> so I want I want to know if um if if perhaps because I again like I'm only like about halfway through um 
if Choo Choo kind of has some of that kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, deconstructive elements too, to like the magical girl characters, pet, like, like, oh, like Luna from Sailor Moon, for example. Um, it's It's been so long since I've seen the last part of the series mm-hmm. um, that I really can't tell you. Okay. I really just don't remember. Okay. But uh, there may be something more to Choo Choo. I don't know. We're going to find out. No, I just said what it was. He's the actual (laughs) Christian devil. He is Lucifer Morningstar, loosed (laughs) upon the earth. All right. All right. Well, at least, at least. I'm coming around to the idea of a, of a, of an Utena redo or an Utena remake. Okay. Um, I just. I would like to know, and perhaps perhaps you need to watch more of it to kind of understand, Nick, but I would like to know your thoughts about Utena compared to other kind of something else that's deconstructive that's actually close to your heart, which is Evangelion. Because I, I they're honestly, both from a similar time. They are. Evangelion came out in 1995. This, mm-hmm. this came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's one of the other reasons, like, I'm just like thinking about other nineties animes that I watched that were like very, were very influential. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of what Elise said and I'm like, all right, but Evangelion did that two years before. Well, Evangelion did that for a different audience, but. This for yeah. a different audience. That's fair. And did that for for Mecha and and Shonen anime. And this is this is the same thing for Shoujo. I, I let's let's watch it. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing too, it's it doesn't have. I mean, Evangelion very much gets its its budget slashed. Yeah. Um. So it starts off with a really good budget and then just yeah. gets it slashed. Like Utena, Utena starts just starts small and, and that, then just mm. stays fucking small because the idea was like, we're just going to make as much money as possible. Cause we want to have like, we want, we want to have like sailor moon part two, right? Yeah. Like we want to make as much money as, as possible. And then like the, the director, we're even going to get the same director and the director is like, no, I want to like, I want to like fuck with some shit. Something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want (laughs) to, I want to make some, I want to make it weird. I I mean, and, and to be fair, (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of what Evangelion, because like, like Evangelion is just, is so personal. Like, yeah. Like, like there is like stuff that's, that's a deconstruction of like mecha anime, but then it also is just like, Yo, um, Ano just really fucking hated himself for a long time there, and re- like a lot of that comes through in in, mm. in Evangelion. Like it's just like so much of that series is just like a personal cry for help, um, which. I'm not really, I mean, to be fair, I'm only six episodes in. Like I am, I know I've been shitting on it a lot, but I am withholding judgment. I do want to see where it goes. I'm interested Mm -hmm. in the the premise. Um, But I mean, like, and I guess, I I guess the, what I would say, like another thing that I think is a big failing of it is the pacing because like that, 
even if you don't go back and watch the rest of Evangelion, like that first episode of Evangelion is such a goddamn banger. Like it's so good. Um, that like it, th- that, that series like really does have pacing problems in the middle of it. But like those first two episodes hit so hard and like have such oh, Hey Gilbert, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, the first two episodes of Evangelion just hit you so hard with here's what's going on. Here's like, there's a mystery here to be sure, but like giant monsters invading the earth. This kid is sad. His dad is an abusive asshole, but like, he's also the one who maybe is saving the world. Let's go with this. Let's see what happens. And it, and you get that first fight where Shinji just gets his ass kicked in. Um, and then the, the Ava goes berserk and just like rips the angel apart. And it's just, like those first two episodes hit so goddamn hard that it's like, okay, we can go a few episodes where like that doesn't happen again because I'm scared for that to happen again. <laughs> I'm good with just watching Shinji be sad in bed, listening to his iPod for the next five episodes. Like that's fine because I don't want to see that happen again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm really loud. It's okay. Um, that's fair. And that, that's a fair criticism of the show. Yeah. Um, and if you kind of don't know going in, that's what you're getting. Like, I think it's, it's one of those shows that like really benefits from a rewatch. Yeah. Um, and I think I've rewatched those first like 13 episodes so many fucking times. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but it's still, it's been, I mean, it's been at least 10, maybe almost 15 years since I've, uh, probably 10 I'll, I'll say that it's definitely been at least 10 years since i've seen any of the episodes of utina so um so yeah because i definitely was sitting down and i was like oh man this this episode happens this early um like the dress episode i thought happened later and the um the math test episode i thought happened later like i didn't realize that those two happened at back to back um so yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think if it, they were to do a remake, I think they would make that first fight from between Seonji and Utena like more fucked up. Yeah. I think I think that would be more drawn out cuz you kind of get like you get the sense that they wanted to do something and that's why you get instead like the spinning rose. Mm-hmm. Um the spinning rose of like buffering on that fight instead <laughs> of seeing something else and so i that that aspect to it i think i i could see and they definitely do reuse a lot of the same animation footage and yeah. animation from from episode mm-hmm. to episode but mm-hmm. once again it's like it, it it's a really high concept yeah that did not have a good budget and i mean and ava does that too in the later episode so give it a budget exactly. um the thing that the other thing that i will say um, like if we're if if we are comparing it to Ava, which I think like again, it's they're both deconstructions of their respective genres from the mid '90s. I think it's a fair comparison. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing that I will say is I think while there is there are mysteries to the to to Ava's plots where it's like things don't fully make sense, 
and they don't even really make complete sense on your first watch, watch through. I'd say, honestly, a lot of Ava doesn't make sense on your 10th watch through. A lot of that is because they're just kind of making shit up as they went along. And that's kind of like whatever. But like the stakes are understandable. Like you understand like what is at stake if the protagonist loses. Um, which makes things feel like they have more weight. I don't understand what the stakes are. I'm six episodes in and like what what if Utena loses? It's like you're you're gonna you're gonna find out. I get that I'm gonna find out, but I'm also like, and the other thing that that makes it even more frustrating that that than that is I don't think Utena knows what the stakes are at this point. Like, yeah. she's just kind of a like like she's protagonist by default, but she and she's received a call to adventure, but like I know more that she has like I I recognize that she has had a call to adventure, and I don't think that she has realized that yet, and I don't know what her adventure is or what it's about. Or what's the consequence if she fails, or what she gains if she succeeds, and it's just kind of like, then why is this happening? You know, like that. And I, I'm sure that like it'll be interesting as it unfolds. But I'd like to have an idea of the stakes. Like in that second episode when she's just like, "Well, I'll just lose, and then it'll be fine," and then she decides to not lose. I'm like, "Why did she decide to not lose?" Like, what would happen if she lost? Because she suddenly decided to treat it like a real fight, and I don't know why. Um, and maybe she knows, but she doesn't say. Like, I'm, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's, it seems like very mysterious for the sake of being mysterious, but not in a way, I don't know, not, not in a way that like, I'm interested in, oh, what's, what's Sele's real plan in Evangelion? Like, what are they trying to do? Mm -hmm. uh, what is human instrumentality? Let's find out. Like, because I at least know that those mysteries exist, I suppose, mm -hmm. I guess is what well, I'm there's saying. Also, like, yeah, I mean, the mystery of, of what Utena is fighting for, like, that is something that at that point, yeah, she probably doesn't really fully know herself, but you know, feels that she has to, to win, I guess, in that particular case. Um, but, like, there are still mysteries that are kind of hinted at like that. Like, for example, the uh, end of the world kind of gets brought up yeah. all the time. You know, no. what, what is that? Who is who's who's this? Um, I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. I do want to see where that goes. But like, but like that, that stuff's like ancillary. That's mm. like way down the road kind of stuff in my opinion but like that's why that's why they keep starting the episodes with like she decided to become mm -hmm. a prince and was that a really good idea and it's like she's because it's a lot of the episodes another major theme of the series is identity yeah and she is not when when we meet her she is not a fully realized character mm -hmm. she has latched on to an ideal she has latched onto a character that she wants to try to emulate but she doesn't really know she's also figuring these things out it's not gonna follow it is not going to follow the story circle it is not going to follow these kinds of things and it's like you have to accept that it is that 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 is another surrealist aspect of the show i i get but there, i know i feel like there's a difference 
I'm I'm still stuck on because it is like it's literally the second fight that happens in the entire series, right? So like the first one is just kind of like she kind of stumbles into it and like okay, that's that's interesting. Like she doesn't realize that this is what's happening. She's doing it because like oh, I'm gonna step up and protect Anthony. Like you you upset Anthony and I want to be a prince and princes duel for women in trouble. And it's like okay, got it. I get what your motivation is here in this fight. And then she gets challenged to the other fight, and then she's just like oh, this is just gonna keep happening. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lose. Cause she's wavering like, from this ideal right. of being the prince. I get that. But then like, there's no moment in that episode where like afterwards she says, like, I realized that if I did that, then I would be a bad person. Or that like, if he, if he won the duel, he would go back to her. Like, no, she says it. She, she says does? it at the end. She says, Oh, I realize, and you're supposed to, the subtext, okay? Mm -hmm. She says, well, I realize that if he won, he was so mean to choo-choo. This is a part, this is another one of the themes of the cycles of abuse, (laughs) right? It's because you're supposed to look at how Seonji treats choo-choo, and you're supposed to make the connection that how he treats choo-choo is also how he treats Anthe. Well, I think that doesn't work because choo-choo does deserve violence. (laughs) (laughs) um but 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 she sees and then they have that conversation when they're back at the dorm and she's like oh i mean i just realized that you know he would be mean to choo choo and that to be fair i think is a little bit of the fault of the voice actor because i think she reads the line very straight Mm -hmm. when it's supposed to be loaded Mm -hmm. with the subtext Mm -hmm. of and this is where you get it more in the the, the, the subtitle the du- yeah the subtitle then the dub you're supposed to understand that she says that line about like oh well seonji i realize that seonji would still be mean to choo choo mm-hmm. you're supposed to understand that she is saying that line but the subtext is that, that i realize that he would still be abusive okay. to you that's and i still need to protect you that's fair. that's what that second fight is about okay you know and that's like she says it very glibly and then Anthe has that that moment where she kind of seizes up when she realizes that she's going to go back to her abuser yeah. mm-hmm. if Utana do- it fails mm-hmm. in because Anthe yeah, because Anthe is like you know very much you know she will say that she doesn't care because she's the rose bride she has to be whoever you know whoever wins will be whatever but she does care about Choo Choo. And so that's how that's how Tenna's trying to get through to uh, Anthe. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I don't want Choo Choo to be hurt, but I really don't want you to be hurt, kind of thing. Yeah. Because no one cares what happens to Choo Choo. <laughs> Anthe cares what happens to Choo Choo. I I'm sorry. I hate that character. <laughs> I hate him so much. Like just with like like uh, I just get irrationally angry every time I see it on screen. Yes, it's and just, you missed a lot of subtext because of that. I said I think that that's a failure of the show. They should have made a better like a cuter cuter animal sidekick for me to care about. You know me. You know that if something is actually cute, I will be like I will die for that thing. Mm-hmm. And I hate Choo Choo. That should tell you something. <laughs> uh, Opportunities no, I... for the remake that will finance the three of us. Make Choo Choo cuter. <laughs> like, 
just if they just took away his pervert eyebrows and giant like seventies leisure suit tie, like those are the two most unnecessary things ever in a character design. It just. I hate them so much. And apparently I'm not the only one because Elisa's friend who she watched the show with, like she, she, te- she messaged her last night when we were watching it and she was like, Nick hates Choo Choo. And her response was as he should. <laughs> well, I guess uh, Choo Choo is going to be the image for the uh, podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> The, the, the listeners will understand when they see that, like, yeah, no, that that is a 40-year-old man with, like, some sort of magic spell on him to wind up in a girl's dorm room. Like, <laughs> and, like, that's literally all I can think of as I look at him. I'm like, no, he's he watches these girls as they sleep. <laughs> Are we done now? It's almost two, it's almost it's been two, two hours. hours. That's true. We need to wrap I this know. up. I'm good. All right. There was something else that I watched, but we can we can save that for next time. I'm sorry. It's okay. We had a lot to talk about. Um, but I guess I'll I'll tease it now because I, I watched it in its entirety. Um so because my sister and I have been watching um uh what's it called? Um Oran High School Host Club. Oh yeah. Uh, and so like I wanna watch Utena, but she's not a big fan of it so um she's wrong she has wrong <laughs> opinions but when she's there and wants to watch something uh we needed to find something that we both enjoyed and i found uh, a show on crunchyroll that um is called uh ascendance of a bookworm uh and oh, I've heard of that. you've heard of that okay yeah i think so okay yeah it's um a more recent uh isekai kind of show um and we we both loved it so much we just had to binge through like the whole series. <laughs> like we took a break from from uh Oran and it's like we're gonna watch nothing but this for the next like five days. And we did it. Um nice. and so yeah, uh we really enjoyed that, both of us. And uh if you you know you already have a lot on your plate to watch. So I, I don't know if I would recommend it right now, but uh for you listeners, if you like Isekai and want to see a good Isekai uh that's an example of a good one um cool anyway what is that one more time uh ascendance of a bookworm basically it's a librarian that dies she's crushed by a bookshelf uh and is reborn in a world that's like a medieval fantasy world as like a commoner so you know books aren't really a thing so she makes it upon herself like well i'm going to make my own books because i can't live without reading and to do that I have to invent the printing press. But to do that, I have to invent paper. And, to do... <laughs> and she's like, she's going to be the Johannes Gutenberg of this world um, by hook or crook. Um, no, I love it. It's great. It's great. But um, but yeah, so so that's, that's what I did. Um, is there anything we wanted to tease for next time? Uh, anything uh... we wanted to... I don't Announcements, know. I, no? I don't know if there's anything that's really coming up in the immediate future that I don't know. Is, are you thinking of something? Because I can't no. think of anything. No, I'm, I'm just I'm not thinking of anything. I just figured okay. I'd ask. Um, all right. Well, if we are good to go, then uh, thank you all for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we have been some nerds of a podcast. You all have a wonderful night. 
Tutu Tune.